Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network, where you'll find much of your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey with our mentors. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which may be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey, and our mentors may provide the roadmap for your journey. Each week, I will be interviewing those tennis coaches who have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. They have authored books and papers on tennis and continue to give back today. Who are these mentors, you might be asking? Well, next week you will hear Dr. Alan Fox, famous coach who, uh, besides his playing on the tour and his books, uh, really, in my opinion, brought the Pepperdine program into existence. Then there's uh, Coach Chuck Reese. Uh, Dr. John Murray, a Florida sports psychologist. I probably shouldn't uh, say uh, just a Florida because he uh, practices all over the world. And then there's uh, Scott Williams and today's guest, uh, Linda LeClaire. And, um, well, you never know who else might show up on the uh, broadcast. But these are the mentors that... I have found uh, been especially useful to me and uh, that I lean on, and uh, they're the people that you will hear most often on the broadcast. Besides my weekly conversation, the Almighty Willing, you will also be able to continue reading my views in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I've previously expressed, if you disagree, please email me. I'm going to give you my views as I perceive them to be, uh, and I respect your views. And if you disagree, I'd like to hear them, and who knows, I may even share them in the magazine or on this broadcast. I have done it before, and I'm sure it's going to happen again. I don't know why everybody doesn't agree with me all the time, but... That's life, and they don't. If you want to contact me, it's Coach Denise, that's D-A-N-I-S-E dot F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. I would also, besides Florida Tennis Magazine, I'd also like to uh, thank people that I've relied on in the past and who have been very helpful uh, to me or to the uh, organizations that I've been part of. And uh, that is Wilson uh, Tennis, uh, over 100 years in sports. And I've been blessed to uh, be around for about two-thirds of it. Uh, Hopefully I will uh, see a lot more, but I'm sure I'm not going to see the next 100 years. But I can imagine what they'll be doing. Uh, locally in Florida, District 15 NJTO Association, uh, they have over 20 years in uh, providing tennis programming, and I always uh, kid my wife uh, reminds me twice a year not to make any plans for six Saturdays uh, in the fall and in the spring because I'll be doing her programs. I always kid to the uh, 
adults dropping off their parents that uh, I'm here because I can't afford a divorce. My wife reminds me all the time, but uh, hopefully you're planning to stay with the kids. Uh, but uh, truthfully, it's something everybody should do is work with uh, younger uh, kids like that. It's a great experience. And if you've coached high school tennis uh, for 20 years like I did, I could tell you our high school program wouldn't have been what it was without those, not just the kids coming up through the program, but getting our high school tennis players involved and giving back to the community and getting the community in, involved. Um, I need to thank Flagler Insurance, who has been part of our all-star tournaments and a lot of the other programs we do. They've always been around. I think they understand that our future leaders are now in high school today. And uh, they've been a big part of uh, supporting me and my efforts, and I thank them. And, of course, Team Connection Tennis. I was very disappointed that the FHSTCA did not have an all-star uh, team um, this year, I should say a tournament this year, uh, but um, in the past years when we conducted that, of course, we were using the Wilson balls, and they were always a main part of the tournament, and the players and the coaches always looked great because uh, Team Connection Tennis uh, really was uh, outfitting the uh, teams, and the Team Connection in Tennis likes to remind everybody that tennis fuels life. So uh, I thank all of them, and uh, I do see that our uh, mentor, today's mentor, is on the line right now, and I would uh, like I will bring Linda LeClaire in, but I would like to uh, make a few uh, comments uh, before uh as you know, uh, I'm pretty sure all our mentors are authors, are excellent coaches. Uh, they've uh, all give back to the community. This is what I love, and I think what sports has to offer is that I think the outstanding coaches, uh, they're never content of what they've done in the past. They're always looking to do something more and more importantly, they're always looking to uh, give back to the coaches coming up with them. Uh, I have been a Linda LeClaire uh, supporter for years. Uh, she has helped me in so many ways that if I told you, uh, I wouldn't have time to get in her discussion on uh, energy. Uh, so I'm not going to go into all of them. Linda, are you there? I am. Hi. How are you today? I'm good, Linda. I'm going to ask you just to hold on for a couple more minutes because uh, I, I do know uh, you well enough to know uh, that, well, I won't say shy, but you're not going to tell the whole story uh, as far as yourself. And I'd like to just spend about two minutes to uh, explain <laughs> Uh, how I got involved in this. I'm, many of you know uh, that I've, uh, I'm not a big believer in trophies. I am a big believer in books. And uh, 
when coaching the high school, I gave out uh, books, and some of the books are the people that uh, I've uh, considered uh, the mentors and uh, the people in uh, the June and uh, July article on uh, FHS TCA's Architect of Tennis Coaching. Uh, those people like Dennis Vandermeer, Vic Braden, Tim Galloway, Jack Kramer, Bill Callow, uh, Chuck Reese, Alan Fox. And then as we came, that next group of people with uh, Jim Lear and Harry Hopkins and Jack Ropo and Billie Jean King, Nick Volatari, Jeff Murphy. And then the, were people that I depended on in their lectures and in their Readings and those were is how the FHS TCA uh, certification program came about for high school tennis coaches because I think coaching well I think coaching anywhere it's not just in college and high school is your responsibility is to coach life skills and not just the sport tennis or baseball whatever it is and these are people that I think if you read closely they do that. And I have given out her books probably more than the other uh, mentors that I have, uh, probably maybe because <laughs> I learned so much uh, about myself from uh, her books. But her first book, Yes, God Speaks to Women Too, uh, I, I think is, is a book that, in, in my opinion, in Linda will disagree with me if she if she wants to. Uh, I think the great thing about us talking is we're free to uh, say our own beliefs. But I think that this, that book was set up the book, the confidence factor. The other book, which I think went into more detail on what we were talking about. Uh, the energy and how to use it. And uh, I think I, I I don't remember the page of where it was, but at one point she was having a uh, conversation with God and she asked her the question, Are we, am I ever going to finish this book? And uh, um, I, she, to paraphrase her, she said something, God said, uh, it isn't all going to be done in one book. Uh, you know, be patient. And, of course, I relate to that because I'm not the most patient person in the world. And then, lo and behold, later on, the confidence uh, factor came out. And a, a great book in itself, uh, but uh, those of you that uh, know me know that I came from a uh, – basketball perspective before coaching uh, uh, tennis and um, the, the great uh, coach of uh, Georgia Tech, well, I shouldn't say that because he later on came back and uh, uh, Linda and Bryce uh, Young worked with him at College of Charleston, but he is, uh, Coach Bobby Crimmins, in my opinion, is one of the legends of basketball uh, my two favorite coaches that I picked up on basketball actually probably came from opposite ends of the perspective because uh, it was Bobby Knight and uh, uh, Coach uh, Clemens. And 
to have him right there. I'm not going to read it. It's too lovely what he wrote on it uh, in the book, but uh, just a great, great book. And uh, I still uh, give the books. I recently gave a book. Uh, and one of the questions I'm asked often is, uh, did you give Yes, God Speaks to Women to your girls team and, and another book to the boys team? No, I gave that book to boys and girls, and I recently uh, uh, purchased an, uh, it again and uh, have her sent into an outstanding uh, coach and a guest that's been on this uh, broadcast before. So, Linda, I will get into our subject now, but... Uh, I just I thank you for being here. I thank you for writing the books and being the pain that I naturally am. I'm going to ask you again, <laughs> uh, when is the next book coming out? <laughs> well, uh, that's one question that I don't have the answer to. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure. I know I realized last February that there was another book inside of me but it hasn't come out yet. So I, I'm just going to be patient and, and let, if it comes out, it comes out. And if it doesn't, then I know it's just not meant to come out. So that's where I am on that. Well, I, would, I, you know, I think that the two books, The Confidence Factor and Yes, God Speaks to Women Too, which actually I wrote quite a while ago, I think they're, um, it's almost like people are more ready for them now than when I wrote them. Uh, when I look back, when I look through them now, and I think, you know, like, wow, this information is so good that, you know, I'm still wanting to get these books out more because the information is so good in both of them. And you're right that the confidence factor is a follow-up to Yes, God Speaks to Women Too, going into more detail what we talked about in in our conversation in the first book and talks about energy and, and tools we can use to help us to move from fear to love, which is really the, the basis, the essential, the core of, of both books and, and really of my life too is that um, – coming from love in every situation, whether it's competing in a tennis match or a basketball game or in relationships it, it, or just meeting somebody um, at Subway. It doesn't matter. That for me, anyway, I want to come from that energy of love, from that higher frequency, instead of from fear, which is unfortunately more prevalent now, I think, than it's ever been. I mean, I am hearing from more people about anxiety and how anxious they are, how, um, how much, they, they might not say, I've been in a lot of fear lately, but they will say, I just have been so anxious or I, my mind is just going crazy. I can't seem to quiet my mind. Um, I don't know, I haven't been feeling as joyful lately. Things like that that let, that let me know for sure that their, that their energy frequency is vibrating at a lower level, more in the fear energy rather than in love energy, which is 
the topic that I love to talk about is energy and and learning how to come from a higher frequency instead of from the from the lower frequency. And I am doing that a hundred percent in my work right now. It's starting out with um, explaining how how we are actually energy and information, and that our energy then manifests into what we want to create in our lives. Unfortunately, most people are not consciously aware of what they're creating, or they might not even have a clear intention of what they're creating. And, and so they're creating some good things, but they're also creating some bad things, and it's very confusing for them. And for, and for the athletes that we work with, it's particularly confusing and disheartening because here we have these athletes um, really at all levels, but when we get to the professional level or the college level where they play the sport so beautifully and they've trained and have so many years of experience training, and then when they're in competition, they don't play the way they know they can play. They're not really playing um, free, and they're not playing great. And it bothers them, and that's, that's why they come to, to come to us then is, you know, I want to I be free. They may not say, I want to be free. They'll say, I don't know, I'm just feeling so much pressure. I just, you know, I, I'm not having any fun out there. Uh, uh, I just my mind is going 100 miles an hour, things like that. And once you start understanding and connecting the dots that we are really just energy and information, and our job is simply to fuel the correct information to our body so that our body can do what we want it to do. Our, bo- our body is this magnificent vehicle we have. I mean, I, I often tell my clients, be sure you're giving your body a hug tonight. Be sure you're letting your body know how much you love it because this is your vehicle in life and it is listening to every thought you have, every word you speak, every feeling that you put energy behind, and that's how it knows what to do. That's how it knows how to perform, how, or, how to do anything. And once we get that, life can be a lot simpler for us. We eliminate a lot of the drama that life can produce when we um, spend so much of our time in fear and not understanding. It's really, it's about our energy and we get to choose. We get to decide, do we want to come from fear or do we want to come from love? And we're deciding that in every moment. And the more we come from love, the stronger our vibration is, the the higher the frequency. It's like if we had a really strong magnet. And the stronger the magnet, the more we attract, the, the, the more good we attract into our life. And the weaker the magnet, the more... Um, things that we, you know, that weaken our energy, that we attract those things. And, and, and so it gets easier as you go on. But at first, if you've been in fear a lot or you haven't even um, thought 
or reflected about who you are and uh, what you're creating, what your story is, the story that you're creating in your life, then it's a little tough. I mean, it is a lot of work then, you know, to to shift out of that to and to dissolve those um, bad habits that we have and those ways of thinking that limit us, limit us instead of ways of thinking that expand our lives. Now, no, I, give you an example. That's so important. Yeah. I, 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 I can't help but to uh, think back. Uh, uh, I, 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 sometimes I think as coaches, and, and I think the, the great thing about these books are as much for the coaches, if not more, because I'm not sure all the coaches understand it. And I think that even the good coaches uh, and meaning well and uh, can uh, be a problem and not recognize it. Uh, I did uh, player-parent meetings for uh, three months before I would start practice, and uh, I've always talked about coming from love. And I had a phrase that I really uh, believe it. I used to say it a lot, and I, I think it was probably not till after reading uh, your book, uh, Second or Third Time, that I, I realized that maybe – they didn't understand what I was saying. And I still believe it. I mean, I always said that, you know, one shouldn't be afraid of failure, but you should be afraid that you don't get another chance to fall because you're going to learn from your failure. But I said, how do people, do, do they perceive that as coming from love or not? And I, I actually stopped using that a few years ago after one of our conversations and um, I still believe in it. I still think it's important. But I think that we're dealing with all types of individuals, and we have to understand what that individual is looking at. And uh, I, I, and I also think of the coaches when I hear them saying about how troublesome parents are. How do we? And I thought I was doing a good job getting the parents involved, but. I think we I think we have to do a better job because uh, you know they're giving us the most precious commodity they have and that's their children mm-hmm. and um, yeah. uh, there's probably was no bigger pain as a parent than me so would <laughs> <laughs> you, you like to comment on that? Yeah. Okay. You know um, when let me just um, give the definition of coming from love energy and coming from fear energy, because I think you're right that people might not understand what I mean by that. And when I'm talking about love energy, I'm talking about energy, your energy flowing freely and in balance, all right? And love energy is like confidence, joy, trust, belief, patience, um, all of those higher level uh, energies or tools that we have. And so it's not really like, I love you, you know, although you do feel that the more and more that you come from, from energy that's flowing freely and in balance, you do um, have more love for everyone. But that isn't really my definition of love energy. It's that your energy is flowing freely and in balance as opposed to coming from fear energy, 
which is energy, your energy is either stuck or scattered. And this definition is important to understand the, um, how, to, how to work with your energy. Because your energy is either going to be flowing freely and in balance, or you're going to be stuck or scattered. And, and to me, I gave the definition of stuck and scattered as fear energy, your energy in fear, because what, um, what scatters your energy or what blocks your energy are things like doubt, distrust, anger, frustration, impatience, hatred, disrespect. Uh, uh, I mean, just all of those obviously lower frequency um, attitudes. I call them energies, but other people might say it's an attitude or it's an emotion or a mood or whatever. Um, and that's, that's fine, but when you, when you think of it as, if you think of respect, for instance, as energy, and it's a tool that we can use to raise our frequency or we can use disrespect to lower frequency. So when I'm talking to uh, junior players about respecting their opponents, respecting their coaches, respecting their parents, respecting you know, anybody that they come into contact with, I explain it not as a, um, you know, it's really a nice thing to respect other people. It's a good thing to do, which it is. But how I explain it to them is from an energy perspective in that when we express respect for people, whether it's our opponent, our coach, our teammates, whomever it is, it raises our energy. We, and, and consequently, we feel better, and it helps us perform better. Whereas when we're expressing disrespect, there has to be certain behaviors, certain actions, certain thoughts, even um, the way our face, the, the expressions on our face, our body language changes with disrespect and it lowers our frequency and thus lowers our performance. And the junior players I work with get that right away. And, and, I, and in some ways I think that explanation makes makes a lot of sense to them and it's easier for them than to express more respect especially like sometimes teenagers really get a bad rap for being disrespectful with their parents and you know and i help teach them what respect is you know in a way that's what i'm doing when i'm talking about respect from an energy level and then you know, the script of how you can show respect for your parents, why it's important, why, it's a, why it is a good thing to do. And, uh, and then they start practicing that. And I love that, you know. And, and I also love, you know, for parents to respect their kids, too. It goes back and forth. But that's just one of the energy tools that is love energy because it's it, it opens up your energy. So your energy is flowing freely and in balance at that frequency. And that's why I call it coming from love. Or often I'll say play from love. And 
you know, sometimes even if it's, if it's somebody who has um, got one of our books from uh, online, I, I might sign it with Play From Love, and I've never talked to them. But after they read the book, they'll understand um, at a deeper level what that means. Because we really can go out and play from love or play from fear. And when you think of it as, I have a choice here. Do I, wanna, do I want my energy to be flowing freely and in balance, or do I want it to be stuck and scattered when I'm out there? Obviously, the answer is going to be, is going to be flowing freely and in balance. Now, interestingly and enough, there's other things minutes, that, uh, Linda, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, Linda, can you talk just for a minute about, you know, going in and out? I, I, I'm not sure if it was the confidence factor or Yes, God Speaks to Women. I think it was in Yes, God Speaks to Women, too. You talked to, you, you, you had a conversation and said that feelings are not uh, energy. Uh, and I'm just, I, to me, that means that, you know, we said, well, if you're playing from love, then you should have that energy. But people go in and out, you see, playing a certain way, and then the next day there's a different. Can you explain going in and out of energy and some of the things you can uh, do or some of the things even as us as coaches that we can help with? Uh, yeah, the... When I say, I mean, um, feeling your energy and feeling the, like, uh, if you wanted to have more happiness, for instance, in your life, most people might say happiness is an emotion or a feeling, which is how, how, how most people define it. But energetically, it's an energy. And, it's, and if you feel the energy in your body, what, it, what your body feels like when you're happy, then it's easier to go to happiness to that state, if you want, you know, if you want to call it a state, to that state of happiness, because you know what it feels like and you can generate that feeling in your body. It's not dependent on whether you have um, some object or, you know, it's something outside of yourself. It's totally dependent on what's going on inside of yourself. And most people know that, but maybe they don't really live that way. You know, they don't really um, act on that every day and consistently. And, and it's, it's important to be consistent with what your intentions are or what, you, you know, what frequency you want to live at. If you want to be at that higher frequency, then your actions have to be in sync with that. Um, so, for you were asking about going in and out of that. When you're competing, and since most of the people listening will probably be most interested in that, and it, it goes for any sport or any anything we're doing in life where we're performing at some at something, doing something, that if we are igniting energy of confidence our thoughts will be in sync with confidence. For instance, confidence is the can-do energy. It's the energy that we absolutely need to ignite to perform at a high level, okay? And so you have to 
physically, you know, there's a component to it uh, in, in talking about body language and breathing, your eyes and things like that. There's a mental component, which is what I just mentioned, that thought has to be in sync. Your thoughts have to be thoughts like, I can do this. If you have a thought that interrupts that thought, that, that you choose a different thought like, I don't know if I can do this, or I'm, I'm just playing terrible today, or uh, I can't serve a thing. Whatever, you know, whatever those negative thoughts that people have that weaken their energy come in, that shifts you to a different energy tool. So, like, if you start thinking, oh, I don't know if I, can, if I can do this, something as simple as that, you're activating doubt and you closed off the confidence, the energy of confidence, you stop that and you switch to doubt. Um, and you can get angry or frustrated, and then you're in the anger energy, and you're no longer in confidence. And so it's, it's very easy to switch energies, to go from fear to love or love to fear, generally. Um, Unfortunately, it's probably easier at first to go to fear than love. Uh, that brings us to another subject, which is about belief that we have. Go ahead. And, okay. And our beliefs are um, so important also. They're an energy that, that is a really powerful energy. It's, it's actually more powerful than confidence because it permeates everything in our lives, everything that we do. Our belief in ourselves, what we believe, affects um, our actions in everything. So if, but the, um, the thing about belief is that because we have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind, we have beliefs that we are conscious of and we have beliefs that we are that are part of our subconscious. And so we we are not conscious of what those beliefs are. And so what happens is in competition, if we aren't one hundred percent in the present when we are competing the subconscious belief that we have starts taking over. For instance, if we have a belief, you know how we tell people always, oh, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself to do well. And, and we hear that all the time. So, all right, if, let's say consciously I believe in myself. But I have a subconscious belief that I'm not aware of that says, I'm not good enough. Or, I don't deserve success. Or, I'll never make it. That subconscious belief is in, is in conflict with our conscious belief. And the subconscious belief is going to win out most of the time because most of the time, unfortunately, we are not in the present moment. 
we allow ourselves to go into the future or into the past with our thoughts, with our um, uh, attitudes and uh, the, things that, the things that go through us in competition. And we think about, you know, what is somebody thinking about me? Um, all I need to do is win the next point and I'll have the match. You know, something as innocent sounding as that it puts us into out of the present and triggers then a subconscious belief that can be in opposition to our belief that I can do this. Now, beliefs are, are when we have a belief, we act on the belief. That's, our actions are a result of those beliefs. Okay? So, and they, our actions are a result of our subconscious beliefs as well. So in my work, a big part of what I do, and I'm not asking this of, of coaches to do because, you know, you can't do that uh, and be coaching on the court. It, is, it takes more, um, well, it's just another dynamic that needs to be worked on. But the work that, that I do and that, and that Bryce does is we work on those unveiling those subconscious beliefs, finding out what they are, and then doing different energy techniques that, that we have that can dissolve those, uh, those subconscious beliefs. And it's very well, I And that's why somebody like you, Dita, you and I have had this discussion before uh, uh, when I got into uh, coaching uh, high school tennis, uh, not realizing the time that it would take and, uh, and doing player, player meetings and everything. But like I told you many times, and I've, and I've asked for your help many times, is I'm not capable of going beyond this point. And, and how do we get, you know, I, in the high school, okay. uh, I can understand that people like you aren't involved, that that's up to the individual and the parent to uh, have bring somebody like you aboard. Well, why this is a okay, let me, let, yeah, part just, of the college, um, I don't understand. Okay, but one thing that coaches can do that is huge, and, and I think the, that a lot of coaches are doing this, and, and I hope by hearing uh, what I'm talking about right now, that encourages them to do it even more. But um, I was telling you about earlier when we spoke this week, that this fall, I volunteered as, as a coach for my granddaughter Brianna's middle school as an assistant coach. You. I wasn't, you know, that there was a head coach, Melanie Sebring, who was awesome, just did a wonderful job. But there are 16, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade girls on the team. And so I offered to help her. And my one goal in, in doing that, was to help raise the frequency of each of those kids playing on the team. And the, the reason that's so important, even though I wasn't teaching them a, a lot about the mental game, or the emotional game, I was really demonstrating it to them by what 
um, about how I was using my energy, how I was interacting with them, uh, even how I was smiling and and laughing and, and talking to them so that they could feel what it was like at that high frequency and um, I knew it would improve their performance, and which is exactly what happened. I mean, most of the kids on the team were beginners, and in some beginners in the real sense that they, this is the first time they're hitting a ball. I mean, you know, they're not even hitting the ball at first, that kind of thing. So they're very, very um, at the very beginning of the game. And so I would go in there, and this is, what, this is why um, coaches really have to have a clear intention. They really have to make sure that their energy is at a high frequency themselves because then they will be able to help raise the frequency of, their, of the players that they're working with. So um, things like what I would do, uh, and I am uh, – even though I have, have on court coached in the past, I am terrible at drills and feeding balls. It's just definitely is, is not my strength. But I, um, you know, that was kind of part of what I'd have to do. But instead of focusing on how, what a bad feeder I was or, or not, you know, Melanie would have these great games for them to play, but there were the rules I didn't, I didn't really – I didn't know what they were, you know, and it was like, you know, I just want them to hit a lot of balls. So I kind of took the rules and modified them and made it, to me, it was, it actually ended up probably being a little more fun for them because I wasn't hung up on the, on the rules. I was, I was really focused on them hitting a lot of balls. And then, um, you know, just having fun with them when they were, uh, whether they missed the shot or if they got the shot, you know, it, it, just giving them high five, just putting a, a, a high frequency energy on them. And girls that at the beginning, uh, you know, of the season, who had no smiles and who were, you know, to me, just wasting time talking to each other and fooling around in a, in a you know, that kind of way where they really weren't, engaged in in playing tennis by really after a couple weeks of this they were so into it and having so much fun and smiling and their tennis was getting better and it was just you know that's all I was doing I mean I told them some things about their game some very basic things that a parent could easily be telling them if their child was opening to listening to them. But it, so it wasn't like I was, you know, Melanie was the one who had, um, was in charge of that. She was doing the, that, that heavy lifting part of coaching. I did this, but I, you know, I saw in Melanie opening up more as well with, you know, her energy and, uh, that's what I want coaches to do is remember it's your, it's your energy. You have, you know, just all this awesome information about how to play the game and how to teach the game. But if your energy is at a low frequency, they don't receive it the same way. And we want them to receive it in an open mind. You know, they want to have that growth mindset 
that clear thinking, which comes at that high frequency. There's no doubt or anything that can come in then. It's just all their energy flowing freely. I mean, I could even say to them, and this sounds awful, but uh, I could say if somebody hit an overhead and it was just terrible, I could say to them, that was pitiful. And the way I said it and the look on my face and the sound of that word, pitiful, because it's such a funny word um, to say and to hear, they would laugh and it was pitiful. And they'd be right back in there and, and, and working on, on their overhead or whatever. So if I were to give one thing to coaches about from what we're talking about with energy, it's bring your energy. Make sure your energy is at that high frequency, that you are coming from love, and that you're just totally into helping them and not judging them. I mean, I don't know how many times I would tell, tell them about, you know, keep your face up, you know, keep your eyes on the ball, you know, uh, stay, stay, keep your eye on the ball until you finish your follow-through, things like that. I mean, I, I lost my voice practically repeating those basic things to them. But always with, you know, with, with, as if I was saying it to them the first time. You know, it was like uh, with that kind of enthusiasm. And just, you know, talking about it, 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 to think that I, you know, drove 45 minutes every day to go to this practice, you know, and I mean, truthfully, I did it because I wanted to be with my granddaughter, obviously. That was the motivation. But I got so much more out of it. I mean, it was so fun to work with that age group and, you know, and see them at the end of the season saying, you know, I, I sure hope you'll come out next year. I'd love to see you here on the team again. And they, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come out, you know, and there, that joy of playing a sport and having fun, even when they're just beginning and they're, you know, a, a lot of times their ball isn't, uh, isn't coming back. And, and then to see it come back and to feel it and to catch them when they hit those good shots and they're like, yes, that's it, that's it, and that feels great, that kind of thing. So um, I think one of the blessings of grandchildren is that uh, they get you involved in something like that, and I, I bet you that there's working with those little kids there's a couple of things that you're going to relate to that you're going to be able, when you're working with the college candidate person that's trying to go pro or want to get better, I guarantee you something's going to come up that you're going to be able to relate to that that's going to help you with that experience. I'm not going to put you on the spot now to name one, but think about that, and I bet you you're going to find that – you somebody something's going to come up that helps you. Oh, I'm sure of it, and you're right; it already has so many things. So it was it was just an awesome experience, which goes back to, you know, when you um, stay in the present moment and you live in the present from that high frequency of love energy. It doesn't matter what you're doing; you find find that you're enjoying yourself. You're feeling good about it, and it just just because you're in the present moment. That's where peace and that calmness and 
and all of those good feelings reside is in the present moment. So, you know, think of the most mundane thing you could be doing, and it feels different when you're in the moment and you're just, you're, you're totally doing whatever it is, whatever that mundane thing is. You're totally doing it, and you're not judging it like, oh, you know, why do I have to do this or this is miserable. But you're just accepting this moment. And, and that, that's where all of those uh, high-frequency things like joy and happiness and confidence and trust and, and really where our power is. That's where it resides, and that's what I want for people. It just it um, it changes your life when you start living like that. You are healthier because you're in the present moment, so you're not as you're not stressed out. You're not um, feeling tension in your body. Your body's more relaxed, and you heal faster. At, at least that's what I have found, and. And with people that, um, you know, I've worked with, I see them healing faster, too, if they have some kind of an injury or something, because they're using the, this philosophy and these techniques even in their healing process, which is, to me, is exciting. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Um, we We started getting on to beliefs and that you know I, you know we don't have enough time to probably go into it too much more but I want you know to caution everybody who's listening to uh, you know take some time to reflect on beliefs you have that weaken you like I hear so many people say things like um, well I'm slowing down and getting older or uh, young kids even, uh, well, you're bound to get hurt sometime in tennis. Yeah, or, uh, you know, just things that, that people seem to take as truth. Whereas if you choose a different belief and act on that belief and have that as your belief, it it's totally different for you. Your experience will be totally different than somebody who has limiting beliefs. And, you know, I don't know. We, we had, you and I had mentioned something about having, um, as part of a show, as if somebody called in and wanted to work specifically on a belief. I'm not sure if people would be interested in doing that or not, but to me that's exciting. I mean, when, whenever we can dissolve a belief that limits our lives, it, um, it's pretty exciting. I want to tell you, this summer, we went as a family. Um, Bryce and I took our daughter, Lisa, and our grandkids, Brianna and Natalie, to Colorado. And nowhere in our thinking did we think we would go whitewater rafting. But, of course, with Lisa and the girls, it was the first thing on their list. And now Bryce and I are thinking, I've got a rafting, are you crazy? But it's, you know, family, we didn't want to be left out. So, uh, and and my, our grandkids were saying, you can do it. Come on. You can. They were telling us things that we have, 
have said to them in the past. So we was like, all right, we'll go. And, you know, I mean, whitewater rafting in Colorado, and it was not one of those gentle uh, rafting down the river. It was one of the, the higher level ones because the snow was still melting and it was just the way the river was. And it was about a three to four hour rafting trip. And it was amazing. I mean, it was scary, exciting, all of that. And we made it, obviously. We made it. We did it. And when we were done, I could, I mean, I could just feel my energy expanding. It was like, oh, my gosh. I can do, and I already was thinking of all these other things I could do just because I did that. I did something that was um, out of my comfort zone, definitely, <laughs> and, and, and survived. And actually loved it, and actually loved it, and am so thankful to Lisa and the girls for getting us to do it. Um, well, Linda, you probably. If I can interject, we've uh, we've already gone by by commentary, which is good. It doesn't that doesn't matter because I could do that anytime. But you had mentioned before, and I have um, a, a belief and a weakness, and I'm late getting into the 21st century. And I stopped taking calls live because I had a bad experience with one and I didn't want to go through it. But I have a suggestion Mm -hmm. for our next show. Why don't we find out if people are interested in talking about their beliefs? Uh, I've given out my uh, uh, email address. I do it all the time because I tell people if you disagree with me, you know, I'll sit there and take your email, and I'll you know, I could put them on as long as I know who they are. So if somebody's willing to give us their telephone number, the next time we come in and say what they want to talk about their belief, and have you see if you can help us, I think that would be a good thing. But I just don't want to accept. Uh, live calls. I'd rather, uh, if they're really interested, either contact me, uh, Coach Denise, D-A-N-I-S-E dot F-H-S-T-C-A at dot net, or tell them how to contact you, and then when the next time you come on there, we'll we'll address that. What do you think? Uh, I think that would be so much fun. And they can reach me at L. J. LeClaire at AOL.com. And okay, and this way. LeClaire is spelled L E C L A I R E. So there's an E at the end of LeClaire. And also going to our website, yourmentalcoach.com, has my email on that and phone number. And, and, and that's, that's also where they can find the books, too at yourmentalcoach.com. Right. And, and uh, I I do want to, uh, you know, suggest to everybody, if you haven't read the books, uh, they're worthwhile to uh, go. Uh, you could also find uh, Dr. Bryce Young's uh, book uh, there, too. But uh, it's uh, I have uh, I have received messages from family, uh, how the, the book, the, the first book, because all of them 
are not in uh, tennis uh, has helped. Uh, I have uh, tennis players that have gone on to college, and uh, they didn't uh, play tennis in college, but they enjoyed their college experience. Uh, they struggled and they commented about how much the book helped them stay on their agenda to continue on. So uh, uh, I, I just, uh, I think, and I know there's another book in here. We might have to wait a little while. But uh, if that's the case, all good things are worth waiting for, so it's no big deal. In the meanwhile, uh, we can, uh, you know, talk again on this subject. I would like to remind people that next week we will have Alan Fox on the broadcast. He will be our mentor. Uh, The following week we will have uh, uh, legend Chuck Creasy, Coach Creasy on there. On the 16th, we're going to, I don't know how many of you are uh, following the USTA uh, experimental learning program. They put on some interesting programming already. Um, The uh, director there is uh, Chris uh, Michalowski, uh, a a great uh, coach, Coach McDay, call him. Uh, I know he's going to be... going down and doing something with Ashley Hobson, who we had on a few weeks ago, and uh, we built our uh, FACA training around. But he will be on that. Thanksgiving, I will be uh, with family, so we won't have no broadcast. And Scott Engie, uh, a great coach that I've known for years. We were at the World Scholar Athlete Games together. He's coming to Florida a few times from Kansas. Uh, to uh, be uh, part of our training of the high school coaches. Uh, He has been a high school coach for 25 years. He has just now, last year, started coaching in uh, college out there. And uh, he will be on uh, the broadcast on the 30th. So that will be November's schedule. Uh, December is up in the air right now because of just the time period, the holidays, uh, don't ask me why. I think I'm uh, catching uh, Bryson LeClaire's uh, disease. My wife has me uh, going to uh, Connecticut uh, in December. Uh, I often wondered why they went to Minnesota. But <laughs> here I am doing the same thing now. So uh, who knows? Linda, do you have any last words before we go off the air? Well, I really enjoyed talking with you. And as usual, the time has gone way too fast. And I hope the people tuning in enjoyed it and found something that they can use going forward. And um, if they want to want to check out the books on at, at yourmentalcoach.com, that would be awesome. And there's you know, we talk a little bit about what we do there as well. But mainly, thank you for having me. This has been really fun. I always enjoy talking with you. Well, I always enjoy talking with you, Linda, and it's always rewarding. And uh, I have uh, a couple of notes that I uh, take down for further conversations between you and I. So it's, I'm still <laughs> learning, even at my age. So thank you for being on. Please tell your friends to uh, listen next week. 
And uh, I look forward to uh, being on the air with you again. Have a blessed week. And um, the Almighty Willen will have another conversation with another one of our mentors. And uh, I'm sure you will agree that can be the vehicle that helps you through life's journey. Take care. Have a blessed week. (laughs) Bye-bye.